Welcome to the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast. My name is Ann Garten, and I am the host, and I am excited today to have two SAUBs with me uh, who are going to introduce themselves because they're amazing human beings, and I look forward to sharing all of their talents with us. So go for it, Jack. Hi there, I'm Jack Day. I am a sophomore here at uh, SAU. I am the founder and director of B Readers. Um, I'm, I'm also a baseball player here. I'm an RA uh, tour guide. I'm involved in campus ministry as well, kind of among other things. Excellent. We were just talking about uh, Jack is one who needs to learn to have boundaries to say <laughs> no because he's so involved, but we are so glad that he is so involved because you're going to hear some amazing things that he's up to. Nora, how about yourself? Hi, I'm Nora Perkins. I'm a sophomore here also at Ambrose. Um, I'm a biology major, pre-PA. Um, I'm involved as an assistant director of Bee Readers, and I also am a morale captain on Dance Marathon. Excellent. I love that you're a biology major. I was a biology major as well. It's a good major. It is. It's a fantastic major, and I still use that even today as a nurse. So um, it will do you well in your PA world, right? And we'll talk about that someday when you're in your PA world. <laughs> Excited for that. Um, yeah, love it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about literacy. Because yes. literacy is so important for overall health and wellness. And I think a lot of people think we all come out of school reading and reading strong, at least 10th grade level mm -hmm. or better, right? And you two and I know a few things that are different about that story. Mm -hmm. And I want to start telling that story a little bit. And so I pulled some data. And one of the things that I learned in 2022, 21% of adults in the U.S. are illiterate. And some people will say, okay, that's not so bad. That's 80, you know, 80% at least that are reading at at least a sixth grade level. I think that's really important, okay. right? So, um, so enough to be able to navigate things in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Recognize things to read, um, maybe be able to understand the medications they may be getting uh, when they get the little pamphlets, things of that nature. But we still have a gap and we need to close that gap. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of reasons we have a gap. And I think you two have already started to see some of why we have some of those gaps. Mm -hmm. You want to delve in, Jack? Yeah, I think as with several issues that we see uh, as a world, as a country, um, it starts with our youth. It starts with our kids, um, specifically for reading. Right, you you learn to read when you're when you're in school, um, and obviously the younger you are, the more impressionable you are. Um, talk about like plasticity of the brain, right? All those all those things. So um, we we say it's it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, right? I mean that's you know that holds true here, right? So the um, as we get to the program later, our our service project that that Nora and I are a part of. Uh, the reason we target kindergarten through third grade students is because those are the youngest students in the building, in the school. Right. Um, and not only is it more fun to read with a kindergartner, um, but it's also hopefully more impactful as well. And we can start to create those habits early for them. We can start to associate fun, positive memories with reading. Right. Um, when we go into classroom, I know Nora's had a great experience in, in her classroom that she was in last semester. So... It's all about just starting to build those habits and associate reading with, with positive memories. 
I'm going to pull in the person centeredness. Mm -hmm. It's about building relationships because sometimes we want to do things, you know, Jack and you and I were talking about, we played sports, mm -hmm. right? We have a good coach. We want to do things more. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that goes the same for little people. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so uh, sometimes we know also that little people need some more assistance for a number of things that may be happening in their home or school or life environments. So let's delve into that a little bit and what we see nationwide, right, right of why kids struggle with reading, right? Mm -hmm. I think we all know one, I bet you you can tell me what it is. It's happened and we all had to stay out of school for a little bit. COVID. <laughs> Indeed, right? So we know the pandemic has impacted some of our learning. And some people will say we're behind. I'm going to say, no, we're in a different space, right? Uh, because we know that we can catch people back up to where we think we should be as a nation, but also know that we all learn and grow in different ways. So I may learn to read at, um, at home long before I got to school, mm -hmm. whereas somebody else may not have that opportunity, right? right. So th what else? What other things do you think are happening in the country that may be impacting reading? Right. Well, for, I want to address what you said, a keyword there, opportunity. Yeah. Um, ability is nothing without opportunity, right? So uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home where I had a bookshelf full of books, right? And I would read at night before I went to bed, read it in the morning when I woke up, right? Um, and so that brings in, you know, what, what our families, what our parents able to provide their kids. Um, some students around the country may not be fortunate enough where they have a, a bookshelf at home or let alone even a book, right? Right. Uh, so that's certainly one thing. If, so big plug for libraries yes, here, right? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So if the first time you're seeing a book is when you show up to, you know, first day of kindergarten or pre-K or whenever you're starting your school, that's, I mean... That's where you might have an individual, you, you, you know, we don't like to necessarily use the word behind, but right, not where everybody else is at, right? Or not everybody else, but where others may be at. Right. Um, you know, students in maybe a little more fortunate, um, economically stable situation. Correct. So that's certainly one factor. Uh, getting to school, right? If you're not in class as much as your peers, you're naturally, right, not going to be at the same level. That's reading, that's math, that's every, everything that is in school. Right. If you're not in school um, for the full duration, you're, you're missing out. So um, that certainly plays a factor nationwide. Um, what school districts can provide in terms of transportation, how many buses are servicing a, a school or a particular district, uh, busy streets, intersections that, you know, students might have to walk across that may affect their attendance. The parents able to get them to school. I could, I could go on and on. Eng I will stop. English is a second yes. language. That's, That's another, another one, yeah. right? We have kids whose language is a different one when they start out. So we know we got to um, give them opportunities. Right. I love that statement, mm -hmm. right? Opportunities are so needed. I think the other piece is that you and I, you two and I know that literacy impacts a lot of things for adults. Mm -hmm. And I think some people forget to connect those dots, right? When they have these kind of conversations. So I really want to do that as well. When we look at Healthy People 2030, it organizes things in a way that helps guide us in economic stability, mm -hmm. education access and quality, 
healthcare access and quality. Those three domains are huge. The other two, it may not be impacting quite as much. Although when I look at neighborhood and built environment, if I am able to read about crime prevention things, then I may know what needs to be done in my community right. to improve that piece as well, right? Um, so I think that is really important to pull into this discussion is that our overall health and wellness improves the better we read. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what made you interested in this? Because neither one of you are getting a degree in education. Right. right. You want to start? Yeah. So, um, well, first off, I just thought it was, I mean, be readers. It just got a cute name. <laughs> and then at number two, um, so as somebody who's pre-PA, I've looked into going to pediatrics. And so it's a good way for me to be able to be involved with children just because I hope to do that in my future. I love kids. I love interacting with them. They're just so fun and spunky and just right up my alley. Um, so that's why initially I was drawn to it. And also reading. I mean, I've Someone I'm an avid reader. I love reading. And so it just mashed all of my hobbies into one. Reading, kids, and it's going to help with my future just with going into pediatrics. In addition to this, I mean, Jack Day is one of my friends. And so I was just was happy to support him. I would say that's a big part, too. I'm like, Jack Day is just so great that I'm like, I just want to support him any way possible. So I love that because future bees may be listening to this in the future, mm -hmm. right? And getting involved and meeting people is key to campus life as well. So mm -hmm. this is pulling in way more than just literacy <laughs> yeah. in our school systems, Absolutely. right? Right. Absolutely. So what about you? What yeah. Jack? Yeah. Um, I had a, uh, the opportunity to participate in a similar program when I was in high school. Uh, my high school athletic director uh, brought with him a reading program. We called it feeder reading because we were reading at elementary schools that fed into our high school kind of within the community. Uh, we read to similarly K through three classrooms uh, with the goal of encouraging reading, but also just being role models, um, getting them to look forward to high school um, and just forming relationships, connecting with um, with the kids that are in our community, right? Those are some of those kid kiddos had older brothers or sisters that maybe we were in class with. Um, they might come out to the football games on Friday nights, you know, we might see them around. So we want them to, to be excited about reading, but also about their future with, with the high school. And so um, when I came here, I thought it would be a, something cool to, to start here in uh, this community and had immense support from St. Ambrose administration right off the bat. Uh, Ryan Sadler, he's our associate vice president for our DEI office. Uh, Jason Richter, um, director of student engagement, uh, Dean Christopher Waugh was great as well, uh, just with supporting me and kind of pointing me in the right direction. How is this going to go? And I say pointing me because um, I didn't have any assistant directors, wonderful assistant directors like Nora um, at the beginning. And the goal was for this to be student-led, and it is student-led. Um, but ultimately, my goal is just has always been just to make the world around me better, have a positive impact on those around me, but also to surround myself with people who make me better, like Nora. Um, and so that's really just stems from a passion for helping people. So that's where physical therapy comes in for me. I want to I wanna help people. Um, I'm very selfless, sometimes too selfless. We said sometimes I have trouble saying no, right? Um, but ultimately, it's just that passion for helping people, being a part of something bigger than myself as well. I love that. So now let's give the listeners a little bit of what the B reading program is, yes. right? So they better understand why we're talking about all what mm -hmm. we've pulled in, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so B Readers is a hopefully long-term um, service program slash project um, that is student-led, as I mentioned, where we are sending St. Ambrose student volunteers into 
currently Davenport Community School District um, classrooms. We're starting at Madison Elementary, um, which is just a logistical choice because it's closest to our campus. Um, so this way we can have students walk over there if it's nice out, not like today necessarily. Um, but our mission is a encourage reading, demonstrate its importance, uh, get kids excited about reading. But we also want to serve as role models to the young kids in our community, right? These kids might also be coming to watch our football games, our basketball games. They, um, you know, they might have parents who are SAU faculty, right? We want to um, start to form those relationships, be role models. Uh, my pitch to readers, to the assistant directors was like, when you go into a classroom, you're the coolest person in that second grader's life for 20 minutes. Um, and that those are, you know, that's being a role model, that's forming those connections. We also want to show like what, you know, a young, what to a young kid, what your future might look like, right? Nora's going to be a physician's assistant, right? She, she goes in there and she says, Hey, I'm Nora. I go to St. Ambrose and I'm going to be a physician assistant when I grow up and, you know, work in a medical setting of some sort, whether it's a hospital or, or somewhere else, someone's going to go home and want to be just like Nora. I guarantee it. Um, and that's because of who she is, but also where she's coming from. She's come from St. Ambrose. Um, she's a cool college kid, right? So they're going to go home and they're going to talk about that. Uh, and then ultimately just a long-term impact on the Davenport community because that's where we're at right now. Um, but I hope that this program can serve as a model even for, for other communities. You know, this, there's no reason why another high school out there or a university can't, you know, get do a group together thing, and do the right, same thing. Right, and yeah. sharing I always say that um, I, I use the word uh, share shamelessly, right? Mm -hmm. I've been a part of a lot of projects uh, in the community and uh, other areas, and um, people will say, well, how did you do that? Well, let's have a chat, and I'll gladly share because mm -hmm. you may be able to build something very similarly right. or based on what your um, expertise or interests are, and you can learn from my successes but also my barriers, mm -hmm. right? I think that's really, really important. Um, and as Ambrosians, we know that that's part of our mission and right. vision, right, mm -hmm. is is to look at um, things through a social justice lens mm -hmm. and know that we're sharing knowledge at whatever level we're at. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So I hear you had an amazing um, experience in the classroom recently. You want to share? Yeah. So there was um, one instance, I mean, every single instance I go in there, it's phenomenal. But there was one where we had a kid come in and she was just sad. You could tell she was just upset. Just not the best morning, you know? We all have those days. And so she had been visibly upset for a while. And like by the end, she had calmed down and like you could just see like the tears start to dry off of her face. And it was just like such like, I don't, it was just a heartwarming experience to be able to like change somebody's day around from that. And so by the end of the, in the, the session, she was up there giving me hugs and all that. And it was just, Oh, just heartwarming is like the best way to put it. Just the fact that I could have such an impact on her and may, it may only have been that one day, but you know, one day is better than no day. So I hope to get back into the classroom and hope to have more of those experiences because even though it was just that one instance, it can turn into many more. And as we're reading to her, and she can maybe like associate those positive experience with reading and be like, you know what, maybe reading makes me happy. It's just like, it could be a much bigger than just that one instance, you know. Indeed. So, so you yeah. not only improved um, and helped somebody with some reading skills, you may have also done a positive impact on their mental health yeah. and how to manage that. And like that's happened multiple times like throughout like our entire experience. There's been so many kids that come in upset and by the end. So just even though I singled out that one student, it's been so many times. So 
Love that. Love that. What else have you seen, Jack? Oh, well, I've got a story from last semester as well. We had, um, we try and keep our partners, we we send in two readers to a classroom, ideally, and we try and keep those um, partner pairs consistent and we try and send them to the same classroom to build those relationships. Um, So we had a pair of partners um, and it was our last reading date for the semester and one of the partners was sick. Uh, She had texted me in the morning like, hey, won't make it today. So I texted the other partner, I'm like, hey, you're riding solo today. I get. I had class with the partner who was healthy and able to go in later that day, and she's like, "I got to tell you something about today." I'm like, "Oh no! Like, what went sideways? Like, what went wrong? Like, this semester was good. Why? Like, let's not end on a bad note." And she's like, "The whole class was um, was asking where um, where she was. The the partner who was sick, where she was, and they all made her get well cards. So, and that was just a semester. Of, I mean, we were." what in probably four or five weeks only mm-hmm. only four or five yeah. appearances we made in classrooms yeah. and it was all like already we had that kind of impact right um, building the relationships exactly and i'm gonna also add also writing thank you notes or sorry uh get well cards so they're using their literacy yes. skills mm-hmm. as exactly. well right yeah. so i think there's the yeah. piece is sometimes we think learning is all in the books mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. learning can be so much more especially mm-hmm. for this age group well Actually, all age groups, yes. even me. But mm-hmm. I think that's really key. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a great great memory as well. And we we had the opportunity as well, something unique um, with where we were at to read in a classroom um, with a special education population as well. Um, and it was a little bit of a smaller classroom, which made those relationship building opportunities even better um, and more abundant. Um, and that that's a classroom that I was in at one point as well. Um, and that was a, that's a really fun environment to be in. I come from a background of working with that population in high school, so um, that was that was also something really special. And Nora used the word heartwarming. I think that's a mm-hmm. perfect word yeah. for it. Yeah. What feedback are you guys getting from the faculty? They love it. Um, the St. Ambrose Athletic Department um, recently did a, like a, a Christmas kind of gift exchange with with Madison, and so I was in a classroom that I know that. Um, we had B readers in, so I pulled the teacher aside. I'm like, hey, like, you know, how is this going? Like, you know, be straight up with me, right? Like, I, you know, we want to make this the best it can be. She's like, oh, my gosh, the kids love it. I love it, right? I get a 20-minute breather, right, as a teacher if I got B readers in there. And it's been overwhelmingly positive from the school administration, the district administration, from the teachers. They want us back. So, yep, I mean, that's a, positive. that's a good sign. That's a good sign, right? Um, yeah. 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 So... What do you also think, you know, let's talk about building your skill sets as future providers. What is this doing? You already mentioned you want to work with a pediatric Mm -hmm. population, right? So we know that's giving you some ability to build communication skills. But Mm -hmm. what else do you guys see that this program is um, building you for your future? Communication, obviously, is a big part just because it's completely different. Communication with a five-year-old is completely different than a communication with one of my peers. Um, in addition to this, responsibility is just a big thing, being able to manage my time wisely. I'm a busy college student, and so being able to fit in this B Readers was, I'm like, okay, like I got to be able to just manage it wisely. And so I think that's something else important that I've learned through this experience. In addition to that, I've learned how to interact with like the teacher, which is something that's completely different than what I'm used to. So just a lot of... I'm. Education is not my comfort zone, and so it's been nice to get the different perspective on what education's like, and honestly, it's kind of open my eyes. I'm like, I am going to be a PA, but I'm also like, education's kind of interesting. Like, So, and I'm going to even pull in, because you're not there yet, right, mm-hmm. is you, t- you talk about learning to have a communication skills with the faculty. And that's your interdisciplinary mm-hmm. 
professional um, communication that you're going to have as a PA. Mm-hmm. It's there, right? Mm-hmm. You're just you're building it with somebody else right now, but you will be so much more fluent when you are actually having to do that later mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. professional career. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I would say I would say for me, communication certainly with with the kiddos, mm-hmm. but I think also from a leadership standpoint, yeah. obviously. Nora and I and our other two assistant directors are working behind the scenes, right? So we're communicating with um, district faculty administration as well as St. Ambrose administration. Um, So that's um, a really kind of unique opportunity. I I wish I had the opportunity to work, you know, behind the scenes earlier in my – I don't want to say, I would say young adult life. I think this is still pretty early in my young adult life, but um, it's such – it's been such a great leadership experience, um, growth experience. I think it's one thing to be able to be a leader, but then to be able to lead other leaders, I think, is a really um, unique and special skill that that I'm trying to hone. Um, it's kind of something I discovered about myself that I enjoy doing um, so far this year, and it that's been a really, really neat experience. Also, the organizational piece, um, organizing volunteers, making sure people have got their background checks in and, you know, planning out the schedule based on availability, um, and I'm so, so thankful to have Nora and other assistant directors now to help me out with that. Right. Um, you've done a great job, though. Thank you. Well, <laughs> well, and I'm going to yeah. even add because you've been able to present to the board of trustees mm-hmm. and doing things like this. It's also giving you some platforms to learn how to advocate and right. and to make uh, others understand mm-hmm. the need and why, as not only just promoting the program, right? right? It's uh, having those conversations and the ability to look at it big picture, Mm -hmm. systemically, what's the problem, bigger picture, and how do we make a difference? One person can make a difference. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think adaptability too. I mean, I I told you, I got a text morning of that somebody wasn't able to make it. And, you know, I, we tell the volunteers like, Hey, we understand if stuff comes up, right. Just communicate with us. And volunteers always have, we've never had just a no show with no communication, which, fingers crossed, it stays that way. Right. Um, I think we've got a really great group of volunteers, Excellent. Um, led by a really good group of leaders. So I think I think we'll be fine on that front. But just being able to to adapt, right? Go in the classroom by yourself and be able to. Maybe it's out of your comfort zone, right? But there's no growth and comfort. There's no comfort in growth. Um, so I think it's just a really good learning experience for all parties involved, right? Good for the kids, right? Learning learning about reading. Um, good for us as people who are getting ready to go out into the professional world um, and kind of just working behind the scenes, working together, collaborating, as you said. I think it's just a really great, it's a, it's a win, 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 right? Everybody involved is, um, you know, benefiting in some way. Some way. Mm-hmm. I think the other piece that I like, because we know you're going to be here for a while, because mm-hmm. if you're planning on staking around for yes. PT and yep. all that, so yeah. we know we're going to have you as a leader, but looking at it as a sustainable program, right, is another piece of the puzzle, because a lot of times you'll have people coming in thinking they're going to save the world, so to speak, right, mm-hmm. and they come and go, and that disrupts the process and the learning and and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. So I give you kudos on that because you and I have had that conversation Mm -hmm. of how you plan on making it a sustainable program. So, yeah. Um, Well, as you said, like you don't need to change, we don't need to change the world. It's not going to happen overnight anyway. Um, I'd rather be readers, do some one small thing really, really well. If it's just Madison for right now, I'd rather do that really, really well. And if it takes us a few years before we can expand, then it takes us a few years. Um, but as for, you know, continuity and continuing this, uh, that's another reason why I wanted to have 
um, assistant directors. Nora and I are both sophomores. Our other two assistant directors are freshmen. Um, they're both tremendous. Um, and so I know that, you know, if when I start grad school my senior year, if I've got to step away, that I can trust any of the three of them to do it. And after Nora and I are gone, I know that I can trust the other two to, to keep it going. Right. Um, and, and of course, having um, continuity in the administration and in the parties involved helps as well. Um, I mentioned Ryan Sadler. He's kind of our, our advisor. Um, we were talking about this. He's kind of our advisor. It is student-led, but if we need something where we're like, we're, yeah, do we do this or do we do this? Ryan's kind of our go-to guy. So we know that we have him as well to, to help just kind of keep things running smoothly. I want to pull that in about St. Ambrose is that we already do it. We do a ton at this university of service learning mm -hmm. that you as a student can be involved in by just jumping in and jumping out. Right. But I also want to give a shout out because students like yourselves who have seen something that could be developed have that opportunity as well. Absolutely. Right. So, and, and lead it and, and plan it and all of those things. So depending on where you are at in your education and, and where you are at in your life, you may not have the time for all of what you're suggesting mm -hmm. we do, but you can still be a part of these things mm -hmm. by volunteering. And sometimes it's in our courses and sometimes it's right. not, right? So I think I want to also pull that in. All right, Jack, what last little bit should we share in, in our closing? I think, A, because um, we will have this probably broadcasted, not probably, it will be broadcasted on campus. So how do they get involved in the mm -hmm. program? Let's start there. Do you know when this is going to be broadcast? Well, that's might a make good a question. Within the next couple of weeks. Okay. Least. Well, we are holding some info sessions. It's basically a week away, though. So Sunday, <laughs> January 28th and Tuesday, January 30th, uh, 7 p.m. both nights in the Gottlieb Conference Room and the, in the Rogalski Center. We're doing some info sessions, uh, just trying to add to our list of active volunteers. We've got a good group right now, but we just want to keep adding on. Because um, if we can expand, like, let's expand. Um, but you can also always reach out to, to me or to Nora, our other two assistant directors, uh, Jackson Eisenbarth and Annika Foyt. Um, so if you're listening and you know any of those people, you can reach out to them. Or if, you, if you've got a friend in Be Readers, reach out to them. Um, they can bring you along to a meeting or connect you with, with any of us. Excellent. Yeah. And if they are totally lost, they can find Ann Garten at uh, the Institute for Person-Centered Care. It's on the website, and I will make sure I connect you. Um, so there's that piece. Any other good things you want to make sure your listeners hear? Yeah, I think. Just that it's a really good experience, <laughs> and you should join if you can, because it's just it's fulfilling. That's mm -hmm. all i got to say, just fulfilling. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank no, you. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing the program grow. Yes, me too. Thanks. Thank you. Audio production for the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast is provided by KALA-FM Studios in Davenport, Iowa. The show is engineered by Dave Baker. It is produced by Ann Garten, Director of the Institute for Person-Centered Care and Nursing Faculty at St. Ambrose University.